Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, he can shave whichever part of his body he wants. Welcome to another week of the Attacking Scrum podcast. It has been a blockbuster weekend of international rugby and we've assembled a pretty blockbuster lineup as well the uh the attacking scrums equivalent of Lydia Tipperick and Falatau <laughs> the uh, all the all the talents there but very rarely seen together um it's me it's the mighty murph and it's Daniel Killick uh, we'll start with you Dan how are you yeah very good on that back row can I be Tipperick sure why not why not Thank it's you. a it's it's uh, it's complete fantasy anyway because yeah I, I I don't think I would I don't think I would warrant anything in that in that analogy um, to be any, check of, any of them yeah, yeah. Check any of them <laughs> exactly from from either a podcasting sense or a rugby sense or even a hair sense in Justin Tipperick's uh, in Justin Tipperick's sense um, yeah. but uh, but there we go and how are you Murph yeah well thanks um, yeah I'm a little bit. Um... Disappointed and still a bit seething that I was on on last week. I had to take my daughter back to college when you were recording, so I couldn't get the New Zealand game off my chest as to her. So, uh, yeah, I'm sorry to have missed that one, but I'm back now, so we can we talk about a win instead. Well, yeah, we'll talk about the win, but also we're going to be looking at the other games from this weekend, uh, including Scotland versus New Zealand. And I think that might give you a little opportunity to to vent your spleen about last week as well, mate, because I would hate to. I'd hate to. Yeah, I'm keen to hear that. <laughs> well, I made the mis- I made the mistake of actually going to the game. That's that's never ah, going to put me in a, put me in a good. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. That's never going to put me in a good mood, was it? Um, yeah. It, 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 we've obviously we cover this all the time, but you know, you pay for. I didn't pay for the ticket. My club did, but <laughs> you pay for the ticket. You go in, and and then if you want to hear the ref, you got to pay an extra tenner on mm. top of the hundred pound plus you've already paid. 
uh, which no one's going to do. I didn't see anyone wearing them. Uh, and then you go in there and, you know, all the stuff happens and the teams come out and then they're playing a video of um, Eddie and Phil Bennett, which quite rightly, but I, I couldn't hear what was coming out of the screen. So it was just intended for the TV audience, really. Yeah. Uh, and then the anthems and then the hacker. And then a lot of listening to Mr. Brightside by the Killers while we waited for the television company to come back to the game and give Wayne Barnes permission to blow the whistle to start the game while both sides were just stood in formation for what seemed like fucking forever, listening to uh, the dulcet tones of Brand of Flowers, which is fucking weird. <laughs> no wonder I don't go. Really weird. Um, and then he gets permission to kick off on the sideline. They kick off, and obviously we were shit from start to finish. You know, I, I had quite a... I was on, like, the front row of... Um, up a level, yeah. That's that's so not a could, bad spot actually. I I, yeah. I like it up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you could see that our defensive formation the whole time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those. It's almost a semi drone shot kind of uh, seat, and um, we were just never set up to defend properly. Our defensive shape was shite, and uh, add into that the fact we were missing tackles. You know, and I, all week now I've had. Friends, relations, people from my rugby club and God knows who else giving me shit because I, I bigged up the fact that it was our best chance in years to beat them. Well, I I would argue, Murph, it was. You know, yeah, no, it still is. Yeah, that's the point. That's not why based on off. not, you know, not based it on it still was the best chance. Not based on anything that we saw last week, or based on uh really or, or based on what we saw from Wales this week. But what you saw from New Zealand this week, I, I would suggest you know that, that that is a side that's lost its aura, and yeah. Well, I, I had to keep reminding people that you know that that side, that New Zealand side, has lost seven times in the twelve months running up to mm. the uh, Wales game. Uh, once to Ireland away, forty points conceded against France away, and they've lost twice to Ireland at home. Then they've lost to Argentina at home. Then they've lost to South Africa away, and they turn up against us. And that is like it, it, to put it in context. In context, other years they come to the Armspur to Cardiff, and they haven't lost in two seasons, mm. a single game in two, three maybe more seasons and the team is full of legends of the sport like Nonu and Dan Carter and Richie, Richie McCall and God knows who else there's no there's no legend in that side apart from Adi Savea as far as I can tell well yeah I mean that's how many of them are going to go down in the in the Hall of Fame of All Blacks rugby yes but you don't need to go down in the Hall, Black, the all Blacks Hall of no, Fame no they're still college Wales, do you? and I, would, I tell you what there is a you know there's just a, a huge smattering of quality in there you know of individuals yeah. I, I, Dalton Papali for example oh he was amazing was yeah. amazing on the day was yeah, amazing yeah. again today yeah. and but the point is we were never going to beat that other side as long as we played the game yeah. this side is proven to be really Fallible, beatable. Yeah. Seven being proven to be beatable seven times in twelve months, and we turned up like a sack of bollocks. <laughs> and it's, you know it's so depressing. Uh, we made you know. Uh, sorry, Dan, I'll let you speak before the end of this. No, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, bloody Aaron Smith, who is like old father time, really late either in his career. What age is he? Yeah. Thirty-four. Thirty-four made him look like Antoine fucking Dupont. Waltz through other forwards and then left the fastest player in the world trailing in his wake. <laughs> That's fucking mental. Absolutely mental. Listen, it honestly made him look like a fucking 
DuPont's better, bigger brother in that game to score that try. Honestly, unbelievable. Listeners, stay tuned because we have got some analysis of this week's game coming up as well. But yeah, I, no, I simply, I simply, <laughs> I simply could not stay in there. Could not stand in the way of uh, of getting the Murphs take on uh, on last week. But it's off my chest now. I think we can, there we we can talk about Argentina. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, let's get uh, let's get stuck right into this because we've had plenty of listeners' questions in. So a big thank. Thank you to everyone who's who sent them in. We probably won't get through all of them, but we'll um, we'll try to do that. I'm going to start with this one though, Dan, because this is going to put things on a more optimistic level. This one's from Daniel Foreman, and it says, "Should there be a second best player of the match award during Wales games? Because it feels unfair to have anyone compete against Valatay." <laughs> yeah, I'd be all I'd be all for that. I mean, Valatay could almost be be man of the match, couldn't he? In near enough every every game he plays in really the guy is just just absolutely incredible isn't he when you when you think that he has a quiet game then you watch you watch the uh the game back you just realize you know the amount of work he gets through and all the quiet stuff and yeah the guy is just an absolute phenomenal player isn't he so yeah all for that yeah he was absolutely superb yet again and um we also had this one in. I think it was Robert Giannotti, who's a, a regular a regular listener. And I'd be really keen to get your take on this one. We will go into more detail in the Argentina game, but looking at the, the bigger picture questions, is Valatay the best eight of his generation? Higher highs than Parise, more lengthy career than Reed, more versatile than Vinopola, better grafter than he said. I would just say better than he said. Um where, where do you stand? Where do you stand on that? You know, Falatao as the yeah the, the best eight of his of his generation. Well, for me, for yeah, me, course, yes, yeah. I think he is. When when you when we look at the players, the teams that he the teams that he's played in, he's just been absolutely magnificent, hasn't he? For so for so long, and you know, playing in packs that have struggled um, for large parts of his career, he's. Almost every, you know, every time he takes to the pitch, he's there or thereabouts. I would say being being man of the match, you know, magnificent going forward, incredible going backwards. His work rate, he, you know, he's just his consistency. I, I, for me, yeah, I think he is the best of uh, of his generation. Murph, um, I mean, he's clearly up there. I mean, the fact that Ardi Surveyor wanted his picture taken with him and yeah. swapped shirts after the game last week, I think, probably speaks volumes. Um, probably there's players who at their peak for the short period they were at their peak of probably being better players. But he's getting to be now, was he, in 11th or 12th season in the Welsh team? And, uh, yeah. you know, he's, uh, he's had sort of quieter periods uh, when, uh, when he came back from injury um, the long injury was a bit slow off the mark coming back but he's back up there now um, and you know when you look at his highlight reel there was some outstanding carries when he was younger which he doesn't quite do anymore but just the general quality of his play I mean if he if he continues this form through the next World Cup as well then you have to start talking about I mean you know uh, you'd have to first of all all the all the number eights we've had in this country, you know, the Scott Quinnells and the Mervyn Davises yeah. and and everywhere else, you'd have to go through them first. Uh, but on, on a world standing, I mean, he's he's seen off a lot, hasn't he? I mean, Keaton Reed, I think, was very good for a long time. 
um, in a stronger side. Yeah. Uh, and I suppose that's the point Dan's making, really. Um, yeah. So I don't disagree. I think I mean, the, uh, the longevity is a really interesting bit for me because you're right, you know, all those players that, that Rob listed out there have all been absolutely superb. The only one who had that kind of longevity, I suppose, is, is Parise, but he's absolutely right to say that Toby's highs are higher than his. The thing that really impressed me, like you said, if you look at his highlights reel from when he was a youngster, it was kind of explosive carries and there was pace and real big ball carrying within it. But we said, you know, almost for seven, eight seasons now, it's not been about that. It's been about the clever footwork to go into contact. And Mm. we've said this a million times, he buys you two yards when you really need it. When you're absolutely under the pump, Toby will will get you two yards that just gives you that bit of breathing space. As a as a nine or a ten to get it to get it clear and uh, yeah the guy is the guy's absolute class might be I mean there there is an argument that he's the best player I've seen play for Wales. Hmm. Awesome. That's I always like with with I should have statements said most, like that. I should have said most consistent. Ah, <laughs> no, no. I, with players with with. Uh, uh, Topics like that, I always like to do it after they've retired, yeah. so you can get perspective on it. You know, um, there's lots of plaudits of rightly coming for Alan Wynn over the last oh, yeah, few years. Absolutely. But um, when you when you when he finishes and then you you know and have a bit of breathing space mm-hmm. and look back, then you, I mean he's clearly the best second row we've ever had. Um, but you'd have to put it in context because obviously you still got the likes of the Gareth Edwards of this world looming over it all, whether they're the actual best player uh, we've ever had. And that's what people were saying when, yeah. when, when Alan Wynne-Jones passed 150 caps or whatever it was, they saying the best player we've ever had. But I think you need a bit of distance to We'll do, to we'll do, to we'll do a Patreon special on that at some point. Something to keep us in brandy yeah. and cream eggs. Ten, uh, ten pence a month. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Right, well, look, you know, I'd say we could, we could go on and on and on about that. Um, but let's get into the Argentina game because there's you know lots of um, there's still a fair amount of, of doom and gloom around uh, Welsh rugby. I don't think that it it suddenly solved everything. But Dan, you're you're usually Mister Optimistic. Um, certainly more positives than negatives in that one. Yeah, I'm going to bring some optimism right now. I thought it was a really good performance. I thought um, I thought we made really good decisions. For, for the for the large part of the game, I thought that we brought a really good intensity. We were up for it. Um, line speed was 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 great, like from minute minute one to 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 the very end. Um, I thought that we looked we looked threatening at times as well. It wasn't per, it wasn't flaw it wasn't a perfect performance at all. But we needed. We needed to show that we were up for it. We needed a physical edge, and we and we brought that. I think it was a massive effort from the forwards, um, and we made them. You know, we controlled them. I think we 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 stopped we stopped them. We frustrated them. They made quite a lot of errors. I think you could look at it and think they were poor, but I think we really rattled them. They weren't expecting. I don't think they were expecting what we what we brought. Um, and yeah, we we. We looked quite balanced across the across the park. So, I, for me, it was a really pleasing performance. I would counter that and say it was a step up from the week before. But if you're talking about in terms of intensity elsewhere, you know, on show elsewhere this weekend, again, it looked like a League One fixture. 
versus a Premier League, you know, when you've got France versus South Africa and even Scotland versus New Zealand, if I'm honest. I just think that, you know, I, I think the games that we've won this season have been a bit of an arm wrestle and we've dragged sides down. That said... There were definitely some positives in it. I thought North had a massive shift at 13. And that Murph, Murph spoke about how awful the defence was against the All Blacks. I thought that was a that was a big step up. The pack was a massive step up. Lots more ball carrying, much better at the breakdown. But you know, I for me, if we play like we do well, like we did last week in the World Cup, we'll go out in the pools. If we play like this, we'll go out in the quarters. That's where that's where I'm at in terms of this. Let's get let's get the, the take of the mighty Murph based on the first two weeks. <laughs> I, I, I am inclined to be quite positive about yesterday purely because of the form line. The form line was we shot f- 55 points against New Zealand and they've beaten England away. Yeah. Like uh, uh, How much they invested emotionally in that victory might, might be why they didn't play as well again this week. I don't know, but uh, I think we can take credit because I'm our defence was infinitely better than it was yeah. last weekend. Um, and so, I, you know, I was pleased that... Um, it wasn't. You're right. It wasn't the uh, the standard wasn't as high as other matches this weekend. But um, from where we were seven days ago, what option did you have but to, you know, front up and grind it out against mm-hmm. them? Um, the only thing I would be slightly picky over is we didn't look outside of a charge down and a driven try. We didn't look like creating any tries. Um, the, the most excited was I was was in the first couple of, you know, the first 10 minutes when uh, Lewis Rizamit made that break and then Rio Dyer made that break. And I thought, oh, do you know, maybe we're just going to have one of these. Maybe something is going to suddenly click here and we're just going to start running it from everywhere. And do you know what? I, I, would, I, know, I know nothing about rugby in the grand scheme of things, but part of me is just willing. And I know you don't win international test matches without kicking the ball loads. But part of me just goes to to get to the World Cup and have any impact. We're going to have to find something like we, you know, we we. I can't see us getting past the quarterfinals playing rugby that's kind of as as turgid really is that and it, you know it's just arm wrestle and then there's lots of really brilliant performances in there and particularly in the pack but we're gonna have to find another level of something between now and next next year if we're gonna have a you know a, a world cup of any note on that yeah. though Jay, i think because the performance was so much better than the week before mm. yeah. we need to you know we brought we brought a really our defense was excellent line speed was good i think to, to launch like really good attacks we've got to get on the front foot and yeah. You know, Dylan Lewis was outstanding. I thought Gareth Thomas, but, but, but all the front row got through it. Yeah, absolute did. shed, you know, shed load of work. Back row, the Tipperick was was just a phenomenal, yeah. absolutely incredible. He could have had man of the match easily, couldn't he? I, I, thought, Jack, I thought Jack Morgan made a massive impact off the bench as well, actually, to be fair. I, I totally agree. Looked so physical. I think he's 22 as well. And his, his, his decision-making as well, he's, he's very, very cute. Mm. Very, very cute around the park. I saw him holding on to players, just sort of bringing, you know, he bought us a lot of time. And... Um, you know, second rows went went well as well. Obviously, Will Rowlands had a, had a just just a, a very very peculiar uh, peculiar era from him, wasn't it, with that yellow? But I, the biggest thing for me is we look because the forwards went really well. We looked threatening from Rio Dyer was was the guy who looked threatening and Zamit. But those two are new, aren't they, in their mm. positions? So we we actually look like we've got a bit of a threat. First phase stuff like that we. We weren't quite, we weren't quite on it. We ran a couple of nice lines, but there's a if if we can continue 
if we can go on again from there, I think it's really positive. It's just that's the biggest if, though, isn't it? Can we? You know. <laughs> Do you know what actually? And, and this is you know looking back at it, it was one of those games where there was obviously a real kind of like dewy mist on the on the deck, and there was so much slipping and sliding that actually it makes it really hard for both sides to engage in a game of running rugby when it's like that. You know, when the when the conditions are like that, and there was so much. So many players kind of going to going to ground before contact or, or looking to run and and then hitting the deck. But actually, you know, that's that's not the fault of either of either set of players. It just uh, it just turned out like that. Yeah, it was. I think like the forwards, um, you know, Dylan Lewis. We we needed to see if we more carries from the front row because we we just our front row just hasn't carried. But you know, Dylan Lewis basically was a, he he stepped every time, didn't he? Just a little step. Nothing. It's nothing massive, but it's little step, and then forward he goes. Um, Gareth, you know, Gareth Thomas tends to run a little bit differently, doesn't he? Just runs his head down, but he's quite difficult to stop. Ken's work rate was incredible, mm. um, and that 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 bought that that made us. We were just a totally different side because of the way the because of the way the forwards the forwards went, and yeah, yeah I, I I'm really positive about it. I've got to be honest. I would say as well the um, Thomas Williams at nine. Maybe maybe yeah. his best performance for Wales. Yeah, certainly what well, certainly one of them. And I think we all know that he's got that he's got the raw ability. Starting to string together, you know, some some form at international level. I'm just I you know I don't, whether or not he rests him for next week. I don't know, but real opportunity against Australia to you know to really just make that shirt his own. And and that's that's something that I really want to see one year out from the World Cup is know who our starting nine is. Yeah, he had a huge game. I liked, his, um, I liked his I liked his his reaction to his try. You know they all you know they all tend to punch the ball and yeah. shout at the crowd. He sort of dropped down, got up and walked back again. <laughs> I quite liked it. It shows he's. I, I don't know. I think to me that shows you in the right place mentally in a way. It's just, it's just business, like you know. Um, yeah. If he rounded five people and scored, I'm sure he would have celebrated. Mm-hmm. But you know, it was just a charge down, so don't go mad over it. Um, yeah, I like and it. And, and you're right. You're right. It was one of the better games he's had. And his his charge down epitomised his performance in the very end when he he gave it absolutely everything to charge down the kick. Mm. Um, not for it. Not for his try. You know, at the at the end there it was just. Mm. Yeah, he yeah. looked like a man possessed in terms of his work rate, didn't he? He was he was really really good. That Movember is working for him. Is that a Movember or does he wear it? A lot of them wear them all year round, don't they? I can yeah. I, um, I he's normally, he sport, he's normally sporting something, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, something wispy going on. Indeed. Right, we've got lots more questions to get through, but first we are going to take uh, going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we've got more questions from listeners and we're also going to have a look back at uh, some of the other games from this weekend, including a trip from Dan Killick behind enemy lines uh, and into the uh, into the bowels of hospitality at Twickenham. So, uh, yeah, All, <laughs> Murph is shaking his head at the mere prospect. <laughs> fucking Cinderella again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, and and all, of that, all of that is coming up after this very quick break. Right, Murph, second half. This is it, right? Just so you know, I was not with Dan Killick yesterday. Dan, <laughs> explain to explain to me, and you will not believe this. This is peak Killick stereotype. 
where did you watch the game yesterday? Where did you watch the England game yesterday? And uh, and who invited you? Yeah, so <laughs> here we go. I was at the England game, uh, hospitality box with with Coots. Please, please go easy on me, but Coots, Coots is in the, the Queen's Bank. Coots. Am I supposed to know who Coots is? Who did he play for? <laughs> that's it. That's it. Bill Coots was it? Um, yeah, Big Die Coots. Yeah, Coots, as in the the bank that the royal family uh, hold their hold their money with. Um, yeah, there you go. That's the, that's the circles that Killick is moving in. Fucking hell. Yes. Yeah. Were you, the, um... Are you going with PWC next time? Are you or? <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's slumming um, it with PWC next week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they had a nice, very nice afternoon there with a uh, good bit of food, good bit of drink, and uh, yeah, watched the game. It was, I was expecting a lot more from 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 Japan, to be honest. I, I was... Nothing as a contest, was it? No, just they were they were way off, weren't they? I, and, I still look at them and say I'd have Jamie Joseph as Wales coach in a heartbeat. Yeah, I think I think a good few people would would go with you there. But yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, Japan were like, I guess the last two weeks, the last two weeks had, had taken out of them, and they with with the squad they've got, you know, with France, New Zealand. It was just the, England were too too powerful from them, so it wasn't that much of an enjoyable game because it was just so one sided. Yeah. So yes, it's a shame so comfortable for them. Whatever it was, three three years ago. Three or four years ago, they they rocked up there and uh, and gave England a good scare, didn't they? They were leading a half time. I remember watching yeah. that with you. We'd we'd been to Wales Tonga, hadn't we? And we watched that one. Um, That's right. Yeah, we watched that one in in the pub uh, on the way back, and they gave them a real they gave them a real good scare. And it just wasn't it. It definitely wasn't one of those games. Um, but yeah, it's it, it was one of those fixtures for England, really, wasn't it? Where there's not um. It's, it's almost a no-win scenario, isn't it? Because you, you know, you beat you beat Japan, and and as you said, they've had a tough couple of weeks, and it's only Japan. And if they'd have lost, you know, it would have been it would have been curtains for Eddie. Um, Murph, I want to get your take on this though. There's a story doing the rounds. Oh, sorry, go on. Uh, the curtains for Eddie thing. Um, it's too late for anyone to be curtains. Oh, it is. Yeah, no, no one is yeah. backing any coach between now and the no. World Cup. No. Uh, and on the subject, you know, you mentioned Jamie Joseph, and uh, I was like, yeah, yes, please, but. That, that that also is you know everything goes from oh, after yeah. the next World Cup, but so long as uh, we know Eddie's um, standing down on the next World Cup, so long as no one, I mean, I don't want to stray into talking about the WIU again. So long as no one at the WIU has got it in their head that they're going to keep Wayne P back after the World Cup, I'll be fine. Yeah, I well. I mean, I think it would take some something extraordinary. You know, I mean, to be fair, if he if he got a, if he won the Grand Slam and uh, and then a World Cup semi final, then you know there would be a there there would be arguments there would be arguments otherwise. But that that does feel mm. a long way off at the moment. And you would think yeah. that they're looking at they're looking at succession plans right now. You would hope, wouldn't you? Yeah. I'm talking of succession plans on the England front. They, um, seeming in the the kind of the fashionable London U-turn way at the moment. There's a story during the rounds that they are now no longer exclusively looking for an English coach and that uh, that Scott Robertson and Ronan O'Gara are top of the uh, are top of the wish list, and that, that that's doing. It. I'm going to find really? out. Where, yeah, I'm going to find out where that story was from, but it's mm. from one of the broadsheet papers, I believe. Um, 
But what? doesn't that suggest that uh, Robert Baxter is not interested then? It, well, I mean, it either suggests that or it suggests that uh, that they don't fancy him. Mm, too outspoken, or uh, well, too outspoken, or you know, it's. Um, I think I think he's an excellent coach, by the way, and has done you know an incredible job at Exeter. But that's the only side he's ever coached, isn't it? And it's mm. and it's a big. I think it's a big thing having experience yeah. in different places for an international head coach. Uh, mm. You know, I, I, the example that always springs to mind for from uh, from Wales is you know is Gareth Jenkins, who had a you know an extraordinary uh, extraordinary coaching career with Llanelli and the Scarlets, and you know and, and that just that just didn't work. Guy Noves um, in uh, in France as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Although he got that, you know, probably ten years too late. Mm. Yeah, but then you know, um, Robertson hasn't is not well travelled as a coach. Great point. Um, and Ogara's only done two French teams. <laughs> yes, yeah, early days for Ogara, isn't it? Yeah. But if you know, if it's a bit different, if you're winning European Cups with a with a sort of an, an unfashionable side, that's a different level in there altogether. So it's a bit different from Rob Baxter. And no, it's exactly like Rob Baxter, actually. I don't know what the argument is against Rob Baxter. Do you know I do you know I wouldn't complain about if uh, if he uh, if he got the nod at, in Wales either. You said Jamie Joseph. Mark McCall. Yeah. That would that would be you know you'd have a you know you'd have a set piece if he was yeah. taking over. No, that's a good point. Mm. I think yeah, no, that's a really good point. I, I think what it is is like watching watching Japan. It, even yesterday when they did not, you know, they did not play well at all. It's just the ambition. Like I just love the ambition of you know of, of they really fizz the ball uh, amongst the backs. They always look to offload. And you just and I know you get very limited coaching time with uh, with your players at international level, but um, I think Wales have been missing a philosophy for the last three year, three seasons. You know, I, I feel like we've been kind of caught in a bit of a hodgepodge thing and and you know I was really expecting a lot more um a lot more fluid rugby based on the way that Pivac could coach the Scarlets and and that's not something that that we've seen so I know I, I know it's it's the the misty-eyed romantic wanting to see you know wanting to see us run it and uh, and really play with some ambition but it's it's something that's been lacking for a little while it's not, it's not too much to ask a 130 pound a ticket though is it no, no it's not yeah exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's that story is from uh, is from the the Times, by the way. But I think there's a little bit of um, yeah, there's a little bit of sexing it up from Alex Lowe in the Times in the uh, in his tweet. So the, it says yeah, the, the preference is no longer for an Englishman. Bill Sweeney says it has to be the best coach, and he is then suggested. Who are we thinking? Wayne Smith, uh, Ron O'Gara, Scott Robertson, or Warren Gatland? So uh, yeah, watch watch this space. Ooh. You put him off it last week, though, Dan, didn't you? A couple of weeks ago, you said you said, "Don't even think about it, Warren." If you wanted... I did, yeah, yeah. And um, otherwise, he, he, he said, didn't he? All right, Dan. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll, sm- you'll smash up the coots box in a, in a rage, wouldn't you? Next time you're there, <laughs> lobbing prawn sandwiches at him. Yeah, come on, Gats, you can't. I, 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 I think he might have it. You don't think so, do you? No, I don't. I don't, and I don't think it's through any. Um, I don't think it's through any kind of he, loyalty. He is in the market, though, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I mean, it seemed it seemed that way, didn't it? I, mm. I think you know he he's, yeah. he doesn't. Um, I'm only going on our on our conversation with him, but he, mm. you know, his next move is undecided. So I mean, I think you can pretty mm. much say that that's that's kind of in the market. So um, yeah, quite what it'll entail, I don't know. But um, let's um, let's bring it back to Wales now. And uh, I had this one in from, I uh, don't know what his real name is, but it's just ERCP on Twitter. 
It says, does Tipperick add anything extra as captain? Um, and I thought Anskin was a was an attacking ten, uh, but seemingly not. Um, let's start with the with, with the Tipperick one. Um, Dan Tipperick as a as a captain, what do you think he's bringing to the party there? Well, I mean, on his performance yesterday, he brought he brought everything mm. and some. I thought it was. Uh, Could I drill down for a few specifics there? Outstanding performance from him. I mean, he's not. He doesn't seem like a big talker, does he? Yeah. Anscom was talking, you know, was talking and addressing the side quite a bit, which I, which, mm-hmm. which I thought uh, was interesting. Um, on Anscom, I thought that he he made some really good decisions, by the way, without without being flashy. Um, but Tipperick, I'm they must. I think it's respect, isn't it? They know just how good he just how good he is, and he is almost. He's guaranteed a he's guaranteed a place, isn't he? I would I would say, even though I don't think he is actually. I think he's guaranteed a place because of his. Um... I, I, I think it is. I think it almost is. I think that's what got him the nod, to be honest. And I think his captaincy is that it's the rugby brain that he has, you know, and um, he very rarely does daft things. Um, I think you're Our right. performance yesterday. Though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a lead by oh. example captaincy, isn't it? You're right. It's not, yeah. I, I don't think it's a ranting and raving one. It's do, yeah. you know, do the right things and just, just do what I do. Yeah, it's not. You, you you would never think of him over the course of his career as a particularly vociferous presence on the pitch, or even in the style of say an Alan Wynne Jones, not not particularly confrontational with the opposition. No. Just runs rings around them if possible. You know, doesn't really get in their faces or argue with anyone. Not that type either. So, uh, uh, this argument. I'm uh, sorry. This discussion is only happening because Big is injured. If Big hadn't been injured, we wouldn't. We wouldn't be. We wouldn't be trying to work out if Tips was the right captain. So, um, I mean, he's he's captain sides throughout his career I think he captained oh, yeah. Fraser's age 22 um, mm. and he's uh, he's an outstanding leader in the sense of in the sense of lead by example that's that's the what that's what I think he he adds to it I, I did actually at, at one point yesterday when we turned down um, we turned down a couple of easy um, easy three pointers in there in their 22 question it and say, well, is, you know, is, is this the right call? Cause obviously that's, that's his call. Um, and then for the yeah. third time they kicked a touch and that's when we got the, that's when we got the, um, the drive over the line. So, you know, that's, uh, that would go down as, as good captaincy, but I think he, you know, I, I think he adds lots and lots to it, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think that was a great, great captaincy performance yesterday. I thought for him, he, he, I think all the players, he's definitely got the players' respect, doesn't he? He can do stuff that other players can't do, yeah. backs and forwards. And um, I, I, it looked as if he was addressing them on discipline and things, but in a, it's a very, very mild-mannered mannered way. Mm. Great. I wonder, I wonder who's going to be, uh, we've discussed this before, I think, but the, the long-term guy now, not that it has to be a long-term appointment, but at the moment, the last three captains have all been well into their 30s. And obviously, I, that before that was 20 one 22 year old guy yeah so i wonder yeah. who the um i i think that um i don't know i don't know anything about his character or you know how he is as a as a as a bloke but jack morgan mm. is um is a mighty impressive guy isn't he for 22 like the mm. in terms of the way in which he plays he's super smart isn't he the is so powerful um i thought that was a very, very impressive performance from him yesterday when he came on. Um, and 
to think he's doing that at 22 against the size of their, their they they got some big big lumps of they out there they've caused core sides difficulty he he's somebody that we could you know i think maybe we could build, we could build a side around wow yeah, that's a big I, statement well, yeah, the only trouble is he's, he's going to be in a battle with Tommy Raffle all his career for mm-hmm. the seven jersey. And, that, you know, unless we go to two sevens like we did last week. Um, Let, Murph, let's get let's get your take on that one before we uh, have a look at the um, the prospect of Raffle versus Morgan for a, for a long period of time. Um, back row balance, you know, we've discussed this this a million times, didn't seem to work against uh, against New Zealand. Uh, Potentially, Raffle was was carrying a knock as as well in that game, but you know that, that back row on paper looked a lot better. Obviously, Lydia went off went off early. Where do you think we're heading with this? What is the right approach here? Do you think we should be looking at just pick your best three? You know, pick Toby plus your best two flankers, or would you like to see an out and out six in the mix? Personally, I would. Yeah, just just for the um, uh, bigger tackles and and everything else a, a decent six does you um it, it backfired i think it backfired well obviously it backfired against new zealand they came very direct at us and we were i assume expecting them to go wide and they came direct at us and we were left for two sevens mm. to try and deal with it so um i'm not you know not sam warburton type sevens as such you know big big hit in sevens so um yeah that's where uh, last week, one of, one of the many places where last week went wrong. So, uh, you, uh, you know, uh, the the best back row performance in uh, in this year or the last twelve months for um, Wales is uh, South Africa away with uh, Lydia at six and Raffle seven. So, uh, I, I prefer it that way. But you know, it has worked. It don't you know when when we played um, Tips and Warburton against England in twenty thirteen, that went really bloody well. But um, it can work. But I, I just. The thing is, uh, Falatau, you know, is amazing, but he's a mobile eight. Mm. He's, you know, he's not a giant of an eight. You know, I, I've, I've seen him in the flesh. He's not a huge, huge bloke. Um, so you, I think you need a bit of um, bulk on the blind side. It's just not at the moment entirely clear who that would be long term because Christian, you know, you've, well, Shunza, but is he a type forward? Like? Get it, get him in, get it, get him. He in seems six, to be six now. He seems to be running in tries on the wing for Exeter all the time. So I'm not sure if he's going to be a Lydia type six. He's got the he's got the size to do it. I think he's got yeah, the, oh, sure. Um, he's got the athleticism to 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 get around the park. He offers you more ball carrying. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it is about having a Lydia style six. If I'm honest, I, I love well, not, I love, not exactly, I love Dan Lydia, but I think that mm. the way the game is at the moment, you know, we go through phases, and I'm sure I've said this on mm. here before. And it was very fashionable around 2015 for a couple of years to have two, you know, two fetches, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, Hooper and Pocock and whoever else I've missed. Um, you know, there, there were loads of them knocking around at the time. Yeah. Um, but I can't bring any to mind now. And I think right now we are in that phase of you have a six who is a kind of the size of a second row. Um, and I think some, you know, I've said before, I think when England do it, I think it's a waste of Maratoji, who's, you know, arguably the best lock in the world. I think it's a, it's a waste of him. But right now... Well, well they spoil it. They spoil it by putting a six on the open side. That's what that's what fucks them up yeah. as far as I'm concerned. And and you know, going back to the balancing with Wales, it might it might not be the balance. It might just be that Danley that is so bleeding good. Yeah. 
he might, you know, might not be because he he, uh, he balances out the back row. He might just be carrying everyone because he's just mm-hmm. fucking great at chopping down big blokes. Uh, you know, might not be as complicated as we think. We, we spoke about it, we spoke about intensity, didn't we? And uh, that's one thing that he certainly does not lack. You know, when it comes to defensive hits, he will he will tackle what is ever, whatever is in front of him. So. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think that what what makes a massive difference as well on that balance is when we when we get the the front row and second row work rate right. When when they when they when they're carrying, when they're carrying well and like cute carries if they're not you know just picking you know little side steps moving forward. It's it's that it's that's what's linked to it as well, isn't it? Mm. That makes it that makes a big difference. I like oh, yeah. a hard like a hard a hard six though. Mm. Um, you know Moriarty. Yeah, yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. We haven't even mentioned yeah. the fact that Moriarty Mor- in the squad. No. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, I think that, I think it almost come down if if we'd, if we'd picked an out and out um, hard man, um, or you know, yeah, you Lydia to, to, against New Zealand, it would have de- it would have been a different a different uh, a different game. I'm convinced. I'm convinced of it. Well, yeah, I think it would have taken more than that, but I think it would have been a big step in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, it didn't help. No, no it definitely didn't help. Um, right, looking ahead to next week, while we're talking about team selection, um, it's always this always this tricky fixture. You've just got to, you've just got to rest everyone, haven't you, or make a load of uh, a load of wholesale changes to to try and get that's players right. through to the Australia game. Ooh, that's a big call. I think so. I, I mean, we, look, we've been here before haven't we wholesale changes play like crap yeah. either struggle to win or lose yeah. and then and then uh, everyone comes back in for the last game uh, minus the overseas based players for the last game because it's outside the window so no resummit I don't know who's going to play fullback I don't know uh, yeah, I can't think of who else is uh, Christians will be unavailable people like that won't be available um, is it, is it, yeah, de- it's, is it it's, definitely it's, out the window because England are playing that same week that same weekend I think it is yeah the fourth one, there's only three windows, three game windows in the autumn, and, and we always have four. So, um, yeah, they're out. They're out for the Australian game, aren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's it's potential banana skin. You know, they all are really at these these uh, second string games, but um, a few boys there might feel hard done by. You know, like. Um, um, Keaton Reed and Owen Watkin and one of you and come in and hopefully play well. So not Keaton Reed, Keaton Hardy. I can see your face change, <laughs> Jed, because I got our name wrong in Murphy Bingo. That's it. Everyone, 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 see your drink up. Keaton Hardy, yeah, Owen Watkin. You know, there's this quality in the squad, though. It's just, you know, usually in other years when we perform badly in that game, there's no reason why that particular side is so awful and then they're just not gelled. So yeah. whoever plays just needs to be playing well as a team on the day and uh, it'd be a big a big occasion for Georgia uh, when's the last time they were up here um, let's see um, up here is in Wales or just generally yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. 2017 maybe it was a weird, weird game when Leon Brown went off injured slash oh, yeah. remember that one scrum yeah. game yeah, or whatever yeah. And yeah, so it'll be another one of these performances. I think we'll skank through by three or six points or something. Uh, what do you do though, Dan? I know you and I historically have not been uh, big fans of changing, you know, yeah. changing the side massively. But I just don't know if you have much of a choice for. I I'd, I'd like to see us keep keep a good amount of the side together. 
I think off, you know, off the back of that that performance against Argentina, I think it'd be great to yeah to try and build some consistency. Really, um, I know that some of the players aren't going to be available for you know for Australia, but I'd like to keep keep, keep a core you know, the core of that side together. Really, it's going to be there's going to have to be a couple of a couple of enforced changes, isn't there? And I'm sure there's there's probably a couple maybe that we don't know about as well. But I, I, I'm quite keen on the consistency actually going into next week. What you do? What are you doing then? What changes are you making? I'd make a change. At, I'd make a change at ten. I think we need to see the cost low at ten. I'd. We're going to see. We're going to see. Obviously, a change in the second row, aren't we? That's uh, that's going to happen. I want to see Carter start. Yeah, yeah, he's got to start. I think I'd rest. I'd rest Falatau, and I'd also rest Tipperick. So who comes? Who comes in for them? What are you looking at? McLeod at eight, possibly. Yeah, McLeod at eight. I give Jack Jack Morgan. Um, yeah. You know, a start as well, either six or seven, and then bring in um, probably bring I'll probably bring Raffle in as well. If he's fit, yeah, yeah. If he's if he, if he's fit, and then I'd be tempted to bring in Reese Davis. Is he in the squad? No. Right, okay. But I'd probably, yeah, call him up. Well, the other one is David Jenkins, isn't it? But he, he, he obviously won't be available. Uh, yeah, it won't happen. There's going to have to be a call-up, isn't there? Because it will, uh, yeah. Rollins yeah. is gone and um, so is uh, Lydia, by the looks of it. Yeah, yeah, there will be a call-up. But I mean, yeah, I, I see what you mean, Dan. Yeah, I, I think it'll have to be Reese Davis, wouldn't it? Given that I've, I've just double-checked that game is outside, that, third, that fourth game is outside the window. Um so well, it's Reese yeah. Davis or Seb Davis if Seb Davis is fit. Doesn't fancy him. He doesn't fancy him. Oh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. But... Yeah. He'll let... uh, the, the other ones, they're going to try to look at whether he starts or comes off the bench is um, Screaming Joe. Screaming Centre. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's boys, you know, being involved and they're not going to... They're not gonna, just be in camp and not see any game time. So yeah. there's going to have to be some t- turnover there. Um, Reece Samet will probably continue at 15 if he's not going to be available for the Aussie game. And then God knows who plays 15 again in the Aussie game um, because um, the only out-and-out fullback in that squad is he's uh, pulled his hamstring. And I, if it's a proper hamstring, he won't be fit he Won't be fit for Australia. So um, we'll probably end up... Uh... It'd probably be Anscombe again, wouldn't it? Anscombe and Yeah, that means Priestland plays 10. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, doesn't get me salivating, I'll be honest. No, I'll, I'll agree with you on that one. <laughs> I mean, having Zamit, having you know, Zamit's 15 this week, I think, you know, we're all very excited, aren't we? I mean, he is... Um... Yeah, we've, we've had a lot of correspondence about this over the, over the course Don't of we? the autumn. Yeah, people... Uh, who is it... Uh, Someone with a great name on Twitter. I want to say it's Barry the Puppy or someone like that. One of one of our one of our loyal <laughs> listeners who's been been banging the drum for it for a while. And I have to say, it excited me so much more. You know, those those are the bits during the game that that genuinely kind of got me off my feet because that is something that we've got that not 
loads of sides have and that's that's not just like oh yeah we've got pace in the back three it's we've got sprinters pace in the back three when you've got when you've got Luis Rissamit and and Rio and I said to you on the phone yesterday when you were on your way to meet uh to meet Prince Charles in the uh in the, in the, uh, in the hospitality box um that um, and he was with him on the cenotaph this morning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he dust he dust over at Killick's house. Um, and um, yeah, I was saying I was saying to you that actually, you know, is Lewis Rees-Samet's kicking game uh, at international level to play fullback yet? You know, probably not right now. Um, but is he going to is he going to scare you shitless if you if you kick the ball loose? Yes, he is. And do you know what? I just think like that's the roll the dice, just stick it, just stick him there now because that back line, to be honest, has not got has not really got motoring for for quite some time. So just having a, a point of difference, um, let's just make our difference gas. Let's get you know let's get a uh, Nigel the reinc- reincarnation of Nigel Walker on the other wing and just go pure speed and just just see what happens. Mm. Yeah, he's he, I. He's really filled out, isn't he, Sam? It's really so difficult, so difficult to stop. Like he really breaks the tackles, doesn't he? And I was unsure about him playing fifteen. Yeah, I was. Uh, you know, I positionally, I, I, I wondered whether that, how that would work, and uh, you know, his kicking game, Airely. But he, I thought his kicking game was decent. Um, Airely did well. He sort of. I think on one occasion he was in slightly the wrong place, but he was so quick that he managed to get there within, and he had he had time. So, yeah, he, he I thought he had a really solid game, didn't he? And he is exciting. The moment it kicks through, you're like here we go. You know, he's gonna he's yeah. he's gonna probably do something, and he's difficult to really difficult to stop. There was some some good tacklers out there that struggled. Um, and he, he gets the offload as well, doesn't he? He doesn't die with the ball. Mm. So, and the same with Dyer. He, he he beats the first man, doesn't he? He's he's obviously pretty strong as well. I, which, um, yeah, I, I said on here when he was selected, I thought, you know, he's he's raw. He's a massive, massive prospect. I, I've been, you know, I know there was a couple of silly penalties in the first half yesterday. One of them was a bit harsh, but I've been really impressed with how, how he's taken to international rugby. Mentally, I don't yeah. think it's I don't think it's phased in one bit. I think he's a guy who goes out, gets through a stack of work, and he's got pace and agility to frighten people at international level. So you know, that's um, yeah, not to be sniffed. That is it? No, not at all. Not yeah, not at all. I thought that penalty that he. You know, when he, they said he sort of yeah, uh, I didn't see a lot changed his line. That was harsh, yeah. and um, yeah, he's tackling really aggressively, isn't he? Is is on a kick chase. He's he's good. So yeah, there's there's a there's a few bits to be excited about there. And well, North, when, when you, you mentioned can... North, like he he's just he just looks so so comfortable, doesn't he? Like his defensive reads. I thought he carried a couple of nice yeah. lines as well. He he sent. We were, I thought it was quite clever the way we were trying to send him, to, you know, send some of the bigger boys down the tens channel. There was a, there was a bit of just coming back to the game very quickly. You know, when you look at that performance, there was I could see what we were doing. Whereas, how many times have we have we looked at the games and gone, what on earth are we doing in defence in attack? We're absolutely rudderless, shapeless all over the park. Yesterday, I could see, I could see what we were, you know, which what we were doing, but um. Yeah, sorry, back to the No, question. you're absolutely right. I think he um 
they roughed Carreras the the ten up quite a bit yeah. actually, didn't they? And they sent um they sent North steaming down his channel, and uh, and actually that I think that deserves that deserves a fair amount of credit because the week before we were bemoaning the lack of impact that we were having in ball carrying and 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 lack of quick ball that we were getting, and they did a lot to rectify that. To be fair, um, Murph, this one for you to finish on the uh, the Wales game before we have a look at the other uh, the other fixtures from this weekend. This was from Giving Up the Gun on Twitter. Um, another question: Does Jonathan Humphreys deserve some credit for developing uh, this driving line out, which uh, never really got going under um, under Robin McBride? Yeah, definitely. I, I think we mentioned it before because we we didn't really have an effective driving mall under the whole Gatland era. It might have been the odd try we managed to score against a weaker side, but there was no. You know, it's a proper effective weapon, and uh, I think he does deserve a lot of credit for that. Because, apart from anything else, you know, say if you got better opportunities, uh, say if your side is better geared up to running the ball, well, just the threat of the fact you might score a driven a, 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 from a driven mall, a driven lineout, means you, you're tying people in and creating space. So I, I think it was something that, that was effectively ignored a little bit under Gatland, and. Um, yeah, I'm all for him. I mean, I'd, I'd rather we would score some backs moves as well, like we did. At least we did score a backs move against uh, New Zealand, but um, in tight games, that, that, that's why we couldn't. That's why we used to struggle to win tight games because we couldn't fall back on any kind of set piece tries. So uh, yeah, I, I I would give him credit, but. Uh, uh, just going back, if you don't mind, slightly to the last question, were you talking about the back three with Rio Dyer and uh, and Reece Samet? We still got Josh Adams and Liam Williams to yeah. come back, yeah. so that looks, you know, get them as long as everyone's. It never happens for us, but if everyone's fit going into the World Cup, that you know that looks um, really promising back there. And the other thing, Carreras, uh, we've mentioned, was he is he playing out of position because of injury? He play. I don't know if it's because of injury, but he's certainly a, a 10, 15, 12. I think he played ten the week before, didn't he, against England? Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, he would. I be just worry a utility back. I would say. Yeah, on Dan's point about. Um, Resamit's positioning. I think against a real top quality, can he? International mm. ten, then you then you find out if your positioning is mm. good. I don't necessarily yeah. think Carreras got the ability to expose anyone, especially someone that, that quick. But uh, someone like a well, you, you pick you pick all the top tens in the world, you know. Then we Eric might find Elwood. out Eric Elwood, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, uh, well, you know, I was thinking uh, any of the Irish ones or, or the English ones. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, or Finn bloody Russell, Finn Russell, you know, uh, any anyone like that who's got creative kicking, then then you'll find out if you're in the right positions. But uh, yeah, um, to answer the question, yes, I do like a driven mall in the Welsh side. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, right, let's have a look. You mentioned Finn Russell there, Murph, Dan, another. Um, Another really good performance for about 50 minutes from Scotland, excluding the first 10 and the last 15. It was, um, I don't, yeah, another kind of, another heartbreaking near miss for them, but cracking game of rugby, I thought. It was a cracking game of rugby. Yeah, it was uh, emotional, wasn't it, from the start with Doddy Weir? Oh, man. Oh, jeez. You know, know, coming out and his his boys there and... uh, I don't think there was a dry eye, was there? No. Um, is anyone else shocked by the t- deterioration? I know that 
the disease causes deterioration. But the last time we saw him, he was still I, mobile. I, I think that's the I think that's the thing though. Yeah. They actually, they, I think you mentioned it early on in commentary that um, it's actually five years since the game that he turned up just after his diagnosis and. Right. And I think, you know, in five years' time, I am no medical mind, as anyone knows, but I think actually that that kind of, um, he's doing remarkably well, considering, yeah, the, the kind of the timeframes. Um, but yeah, you're right. It was a hugely, um, hugely emotional occasion, as it, as it always is when... Um, um, when when Dolly's involved, but um, uh, yeah, and the and the game itself lived up to um, lived up to an entertaining billing. Yeah, it did. I, I you know I called out to Victoria and um, my mother and I said, it looks like you know Scotland can do this. You know they're going to um, they're going to get a historic win here, and th- there was no comments back um, because they didn't care. No, no, they didn't. They, no, they didn't. But um, I think I said it again then a bit later and, and again there was no coming back but I genuinely thought this on and because New Zealand were making so many errors they were completely at sixes and sevens and then then they brought on TJ Perinara yeah he's brilliant absolutely superb and it, literally as soon as he came on the pitch he started chirps in didn't he um, controlled it a couple of great kicks great passes all all the right decisions and literally, it was a masterful performance from him. Yeah. Uh, but I still think that that was a game that got away from him. It was. I almost feel like Stuart Hogg has this kind of like curse, like someone's got a voodoo doll of him <laughs> against New Zealand because, you know, you cast your mind back to that one. Again, I think it was that perhaps that same fixture five years ago when he had that break in the last minute and almost got to the line and offloaded and went forward and that would have won it for them. Even in the first half, makes that brilliant break. It's over the line, and Lynette Brown cleans him out, um, which results in the yeah. penalty try. And then in the second half, in that same corner as the as the one five years ago, um, I was like, he's through, he's through, he's going to get there, and just doesn't quite get there. And you think actually, he does everything right by waiting for waiting for support and not looking for the you know looking looking for an offload. I think actually, if he'd have chucked an offload, they're they're in there. Um, but yeah, it feels like a it feels like a missed opportunity. But another another really exciting game of rugby. Um, yeah. Elsewhere this weekend, um, Murph, did you catch the France South Africa game? I did. Yeah. I tell you what, I, uh, I shamefully fell asleep during the Scotland New Zealand game, and the other one, I, I tonight hopefully I get time. Is I, I still haven't seen. All I've seen is two tries from. Italy Australia, which is yeah. probably the biggest oh. the biggest result of the weekend in a way. Yeah, I mean a heavily rotated Australian side, it has to be said. Really? Yes. But you know, nonetheless, massive win for, for Italy and you know, yeah. big confidence beast. I'm always you know, I am not an Italy I'm not support the Italy uh, international rugby team, but I do like it when they do well because yeah. it shuts up the division two of the Six Nations crowd, which I'm not I'm not in favour. I mean, if they continue being rubbish for years on end, and then, uh, which they have been, it might have to happen. But this, the division, the next best side, Georgia, very rarely beat anyone. Mm. So when Italy do well, I just think, yeah, just I, I don't know. I, 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 it makes me feel. It just makes me feel like a few people need to shut up. That's all. Yeah, look, I get it. I, I, yeah, it comes down to whether you want the Six Nations to be a meritocracy or be worth watching, um, and and you know, and that's that's the stark reality of it. 
Um, yeah, but we eventually with this our nation would end up in Division Two. We just have to be honest with the fact we'd have a bad season and we'd end up playing Spain, Portugal, and Georgia. I know, but imagine, Six Nations. Imagine Killick's away day trips with the cooch back <laughs> to fucking Lisbon. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'd never get him back. Dan, am I am I right in thinking I almost lost one weekend? I, I struggled to get hold of you. Didn't you lose your phone in Lisbon or something, or was that or was that in it was that in Rome? Rome, Rome, Rome that was. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. I mean, Lisbon away would definitely be cheaper than Dublin away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, or England away for that matter. Um, yeah. Right. Um, or yeah. even Cardiff at home. <laughs> or even Cardiff at home. Yeah, exactly. Um, France of France, South Africa, though, again, another almighty test match. Mm. Um, the main thing. Razzie's up to. Uh, oh, mate. Razzie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He is. He is quite something, isn't he? Um, I, I just, <laughs> you know, I, watching that watching that game, I thought Wayne Barnes refereed it brilliantly, and I don't mean he got every every single decision right, but it's just as a spectacle, that's how the game should be refereed, right? There's a clean out to the head, which results in a red card, and uh, if memory serves me correct, the TMO was probably trying to trying to talk about mitigation like they bloody always do. Um, there was a there was a really dangerous, uh, yeah, a really dangerous aerial collision, which there was definitely some some chat. Benjamin Kaiser, they've got to stop putting him in the commentary box. He's really good as a pundit, but he, he, he lets his emotions get get ahead of him. He's like, oh, no one's talking about the fact that Dupont was looking at the ball. Doesn't fucking matter. Just these are the ones that they, you can't let the players stay on the field for it. He's, he's the um, he's the French Lawrence Delalio. He's the French Lawrence Delalio. Yeah, he absolutely yeah. is. Gets carried away with the emotions of it and starts trying to find uh, <laughs> uh, defense for what you know whatever's going against this team. Yeah. Um, th- there was there was shed loads of talking points in that game. Yeah. I, I mean that the the Peter Seftu toy sending off, like you said, the. Uh, um, uh, collision to the head. It, it was right in his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, right in his face. Uh, uh, I, I, like in the old days, he wouldn't. Uh, Dante wouldn't have been in that position because no, you would you never sit facing the, the the oncoming ruck. You, you you know, face first. You just wouldn't do it. But now they do, and you know, and he wasn't moving quick enough. You still can't. You still can't hit him in the face. And what I, what struck me about the, the issue, aside from what you mentioned there, is uh, Peter Setuto looked like he was going to cry when I he was on the scene. I think he was. I think he was. Yeah. yeah. Which you know shows what it you know what it is. To leave your side that early on the fourteen men is a fucking massive cock up, you know. Yeah. Um, whether you know the fact that he's upset might suggest it wasn't intentional. I, but I would, yeah, I'd, you just got to be more careful. It was, but, it, but that's it. That's exactly the point. Is if you start yeah. looking for mitigation in these ones, players will still do it. If you make really hard red card calls. Eventually, mm. and stick to it for a couple of seasons. Eventually, player yeah. behaviour will change. Yeah, they'll all start thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the trouble is with, uh, and this is not defending um, the situation. The reason why players don't think they just blast in mm. is because opposition defenders are so quick to jackal. Yeah. So if you think it's too late, you've lost the ball. Yeah. So that's that's what we're up against. So. Um, 
and that's why I think referees are trying to be sympathetic sometimes. But it, it's not going to help the sport when we end up in court. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. So, um, but it was uh, it was amazing. And in terms of quality of um, quality of the two sides, you know, you're looking mm. at two serious contenders for the uh, um, for the Rugby World Cup next year, and the. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the the grit that South Africa shows. I mean they're a horrible side, aren't they? In the in the you know in the nicest possible way, they're a side full of fierce competitors. And there was no wilting when Detroit got sent off. They were they were rising to that occasion and and made a you know a damn good a damn good fist of it even before the uh, the second red card for France. Yeah, uh, I mean, um, in another uh, so, well. That, that was obviously in France, um, uh, down um, in South Africa. They'd have won that game. You know, the, that's the, the the rub of the green on your own pitch and what have you. Um, the advantage, I suppose, France got is the World Cup is going to be played in France next yeah. year. But uh, in a, you know, or even in a, another another night, play the same game on another night, and that's how close it was. South Africa could have edged that game, uh, which would have been an amazing performance with a man down for what was it, forty minutes, I think. Before um, yeah, Dupont before ended up getting sent off, uh, unbelievable bench again from France. Unbelievable. Incredible. Yeah, I, I mean, I loved bringing on a back row on the wing as well, mm. Macaulay. I mean, it, that uh, that was just that was a joy to watch. It was just like, yeah. oh my God, this you know, yeah. what um what a superb player he is, and then to be able to fill in, yeah, to to fill in on the wing and do it was uh, yeah. was pretty exceptional. And then Jalibert and Maxime Lucu would, you know, they... oh, Lucu was was imperious off the bench. Yeah. You know, again, that's that's stepping into Dupont's shoes, regardless of how good a player you are. I thought he, yeah, he, he you know, to steer them. He's a fantastic player. Yeah. yeah. Macaulay was a striking-looking individual, isn't he? Oh, he really is. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, I couldn't take I couldn't take my eyes off him. I just was no. watching him the whole time. Yeah, yeah, frightening guy. I mean, aside from the size of him, yeah. <laughs> he's a real athlete, like you know. Yeah, mental. And Dan, looking ahead to next year, these two tough tests for the French—they come through both of them. Uh, I think bodes really, really well for a side that has a lot of young players within it. Uh, they're my tip for the World Cup next year. How do you how do you see it one year out? I think they've got to be favourites, haven't they, at the moment? Because you know they would they've won some games where you know in the past they would have when the real pressure's on them they've they, they've melted. They don't now, do they? They grind they they grind out wins even when the you know there's a bit of uh, there's real pressure on them. They just seem to sort of just find it find a way to find a way to get past the opposition. Um, and often in difficult circumstances, I mean, what gives me just so much confidence in terms of why I think they're in their number one is just is Sean Edwards, isn't it? I mean, yeah. the guy is um, the guy is quite incredible, and yeah, they are definitely the real deal, aren't they? I think so. I think um, yeah, I think big, they're going to be big things yeah. away next year. I've, I've heard someone make the point that it's probably the most. Open World Cup we've ever had, uh, because there's normally two or three strong suspects, mm-hmm. uh, usual suspects, should we say? Uh, but this time, France are really, obviously, well, probably favourites. Uh, the usual suspects down South, South Africa and New Zealand, probably not Australia. But then you've got Ireland in the mix because Ireland can beat anyone now. Um, 
And then you can never, I suppose, when it comes around to a World Cup, they're always semi-finals or thereabout. You can never discount England. Um, although yeah. I, I hope, I hope we can. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's any one of five sides could win, and it wouldn't be a shock next next time around. It wouldn't be a turnout. I suppose Ireland winning it, 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 it. I mean, it will be a shock, but. Not not on the form book, just because they're a, yeah. a small smaller country. Well, it's, it's their, well, it's their history as well. I think the fact that they've yeah. never made a semi final, it's a big mm. it's a big psychological step to get that far. And they, you know, they have historically been you know what maybe the last three World Cups been in brilliant nick a year mm. to eighteen months out, mm. and, then, and then have had. Have had really underwhelming. Uh, this is this is different. You know, oh, they've agree. never. I agree. They never won a series in New Zealand, Absolutely. and they've never. You know, you know all these things they've achieved lately. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I haven't looked. I actually looked at the betting for the World Cups. Long way out yet, but um, it's exciting. Oh, it's you bad. going over, Miss? Uh, I, I I planned to. I, I intended to because uh, it's a bit of a milestone age-wise next year. So I thought, fuck it, I'll just go to France for the whole tournament. Uh, but my, I'm still I'm still uh, looking after my dad. So um, uh, that's... <laughs> I'll end up... I, I, my dad shows signs of, as I've said before, shows signs of being immortal. So I will just end up watching it in my dad's house. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, uh, which is fine, absolutely fine. I, I wouldn't... Uh, you know, that's... It, I got my interest in the sport from my dad so I wouldn't grumble about that at all but um, uh, if he uh, if he bows to medical to, to, <laughs> if he bows to medical science should I say because he's well into his 90s uh, then I might I might end up going to the World Cup but uh, uh, hopefully I won't be that would be good news Dan yeah, who, um, yeah. who, who are you going to be watching it with are you staying with relatives of Charles de Gaulle or um, you know who have you got, <laughs> who have you got lined up to, to go and stay the, the, the Paris of Versailles is on uh, the, sorry the Palace of Versailles is on Airbnb you got that booked out for the weekend have you <laughs> well, I was going to see if uh, there's a possibility of, a, of an attacking scrum road trip but um, we could squeeze a little bike a little uh, bike session over there as well but um... uh, yeah well, I've never spent enough time in France that was that was the idea initially you know yeah. I've been to Paris and, uh, and what have you but I have never been to the um, the regions should we say or spent any length of time there it's always been city break stuff yeah. you know so uh, that was the original idea for me but um, it's all we'll see yeah well it's so close as well isn't it it's... yeah yeah you know, with the World Cup yeah. being so close, uh, and it's not—it's not one of that. It's close, but it's not one in Cardiff, one in London, one in Scotland, yeah, one in Dublin. Yeah, yeah. All that British shite we do, you know. So, yeah, um, divvying it up between the unions, that kind of stuff. Yeah, which I think actually will will really add to it as an occasion. I always think it benefits from um, it benefits from being in one, yeah, kind of one sole country. You know, I, I think I just so. Think, I just think you get that, mm. particularly, yeah, particularly the kind of the the way that we've done it over here in in recent times. Um, but yeah, that pretty much brings us to a conclusion for this week. Uh, a thank you to Dan, a thank you to Murph, a thank you to everyone for listening, and as always, a thanks to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. Uh, if you want to support uh, a growing Welsh business and get some great quality coffee, then you can do that over at SoCoffeeTrades.co.uk. Uh, Christmas hampers and stuff like that are uh, are on are on sale there. So um, yeah, anyone uh, anyone you're looking for who uh, is a coffee lover in your family, get your Christmas presents sorted out nice and early. Um, and we've got a bonus podcast coming up for you later in the week. I'll be chatting to uh, Luke Upton, who uh, has not been on the show before, but um, 
um, yeah, we're excited to chat to him about uh, his book, Rugby's Greatest Mavericks, um, which, as you can imagine, is right up my street and I'm sure will be for many of our listeners. Um, and we'll also, after that one, be back to chat next week, the, the aftermath of the Georgia game and all the other rugby. So we'll be back to chat rugby with you very, very soon. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network.